to the God Coffee and Resilience Podcast, where you can get your weekly dose of confidence, motivation, and inspiration in the midst of adversity. In every segment, we will discuss faith, life's obstacles that try to get in our way, and how we can maintain our resilience with God and a whole lot of coffee. I am Reese, your host. Grab a mug of your choice and come on in. and welcome back to God Coffee and Resilience. I am your host, Reese, and today we have my all-time favorite person in the whole white world. She is a guest <laughs> here. Her name is Catherine, wait, the Catherine Reed. Um, and she, <laughs> she is joining us today as uh, one of our guests, but she is not guest. Me and her are sisters. Hey, Kat. Hi, Boo. How are you? It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Yes. Thank you for taking time out your Saturday to come on. I know that we all work hard throughout the week. And when we finally get to the weekend, we just want to rest. So I appreciate your time with me Anything today. Anything for you. Anything Aww. for you. <laughs> Y'all, believe it or not, me and Kat have not been in person yet. And mm -hmm. I, she's my all-time favorite person. We met on Instagram and we just been close ever since. So she's yes. one of my people. <laughs> you're stuck with me for life now. You're stuck. <laughs> yep, you're stuck with me too. So one of the questions that I mm. always ask, oh, well, before I get into that, the, yeah. the microphone, like me talking and your response is kind of a lag. So don't worry about it. I think it's just the way the system is. So. I tell everyone that. I think my audience knows now, too. <laughs> they just expect it. No problem. Yeah, it's just expected. So I always do an icebreaker. And I okay. know that me and you are medical people. So Kat is a PA. She was working in internal med and psychiatry. And then she has switched over to the education side, right? Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. I work at the University of Pittsburgh in their Department of Physician Assistant Studies in their Developing Hybrid PA Program. <laughs> I'm their Vice yes. Chair for Equity, Inclusion, and Community Engagement. So yeah, it's been wonderful. Yes. Quite a shift. Kat's <laughs> doing big things in her new um, in her new position, and I'm so happy because she deserves it. So I'm excited to have her on. Um, but one of the main things that medical people drink is coffee. And the mm -hmm. name of the show is God, Coffee and Resilience. And so I definitely have to ask you, Kat, what is your mm -hmm. favorite caffeinated beverage? Oh, that is a great question. I need regular coffee with skim milk in the morning. Uh -huh. I love a good caramel latte with oat milk. That's like my go-to. Uh -huh. <laughs> out and about. That's my go-to. Mm -hmm. What does oat milk taste like? Like I have never tried oat milk or cashew milk. I've had soy and I have almond. Soy and almond have more, uh, well, specifically almond has like the nuttier flavor. Oat milk, mm -hmm. I don't notice the, the flavor profile as much. It's kind of a higher fat content usually than the skim milk that I drink. So I like uh -huh. it because it's a little bit more filling. Um, oh. It sometimes, yeah, it doesn't really have like a strong like coconut flavor or anything like that, just like coconut milk might. But yeah, you should try it. You might like it a lot. It's good. Okay. I need to dip and dab with the milks because I'm just mm -hmm. like, you know, regular milk is starting to get a little boring. Um, 1%, 2% milk. Okay. But, you know, I have the occasional almond milk, but I'm ready to venture out. 
I'm ready. I think so. I'm ready for you. This is gonna be great. This is gonna be a great adventure. I can't wait to hear how it goes. <laughs> yes, I should just like buy each milk and then just pour me a little cup and then just return whichever one I don't want to be that yeah. person. I don't know yeah. if we're gonna take it back, but I mean, I don't. So I don't love oat milk by itself. I don't like it uh-huh. like in cereal and things, but in coffee, it's good. That's how I like okay. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like almond milk and cereal. I'm just like ill. Yeah, usually for my like my smoothies and everything that I make with the in the, with the Ninja mm-hmm. Bullet. So I might try to switch out that for the oat milk and see where we go. Yeah, that's I a like good. That. Yeah, that's a good plan. I use it for my protein shakes too. Like in the morning, if I make a smoothie, and it tends to yes. be okay. Yeah, it doesn't taste weird. Good choice. Awesome sauce. <laughs> well, the next question is: What is three things that would be shocking to most people that they don't know about you or wouldn't guess about you? Oh man, three things. Three should have warned me. Okay, uh, three <laughs> things that people don't know or might not know about me. Uh, first thing is that I have pretty significant social anxiety. So I don't love being the center of attention. I don't love presenting um, until I get there. I get really, really anxious. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is similar vein that imposter syndrome is super real. And even though I have great titles and have done a lot of work, I very much feel like one day somebody's going to come and say, you haven't done the work. You're not actually qualified. Everything you're saying is wrong. It's going to yank out the rug. Don't worry. Me and my therapist are working on both of those things very, very carefully over the years, which is key. (laughs) Which is key. And a third thing that people probably don't know about me. Oh my goodness. Is that I really, really love Wendy's. I used to really love Wendy's so much. I would go all the time. My parents used to get me gift cards when I was in college because I went so much. The grilled chicken sandwich there is phenomenal. The best thing they have. So those are things most people might not know. (laughs) Yes. You shocked me with the last one because I was just mad because yesterday, okay, so I have the Wendy's app on my phone and every Friday they like McDonald's does free fry Friday and Wendy's usually do free nuggets. And yesterday it was a sandwich and I was mad because I wanted the the spicy chicken nuggets and I was mad about that. And then I was Mm. like, where's my free nugget? And it just wasn't there. See, this is why you are my people because you know, these things. I'm like, I'm here for the free food. And McDonald's got Mariah Carey, um, Mick, 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 Mariah Mick something going on this month. So every month is something free. And I think today is free hotcakes with a $1 purchase. So that sounds like you need coffee uh, and hotcakes. That's what that sounds like to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can eat breakfast anytime, especially here in Texas. Their bacon is so thick here. And I was like, I've been missing out all my life on real bacon until I moved (laughs) here. Like, I really, like, I go to brunch just for the bacon. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. I probably, yeah, I'm not from the South or like, I consider Texas the South. I understand it's not. But I also have not had super thick bacon, thick cut bacon. Like, that's not like a thing. Ohio and Pennsylvania. Well, is also you got to come on to Texas. I didn't have it either until I got here in May. <laughs> it's time. It's time to go down. Come on for the bacon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Definitely. So, guys, as you can tell, like me and Kat, we're very acquainted. Um, but, Kat, I want to ask you, like, take us back. Take us to um, where you grew up and are you the only child? And all the things. 
All the things. Sure. Uh, so I grew up in Mansfield, Ohio, which is a smaller town in Ohio. It's kind of in between Cleveland and Columbus. It's on 71, which runs north to south. So uh, I was born and raised there, lived in the same house from the time I was born until I graduated and left. Uh, my parents still have a home there. My dad is going to eventually retire. We're pushing for that. Uh, and then hopefully they'll move down to Columbus, Ohio, which is where I'm currently located. Uh, but I have one sister. Uh, Allison, and she is a social worker in a level one trauma center here in Columbus. I have a brother-in-law, Justin, who's a police officer. Um, and I have a nephew who's Julian, and he turns two in February. And he is the impetus for me moving here and taking a hybrid position so I could move back home. All of the uh -huh. things, the babies. Um, oh, what else? What else do you want? What else? What would you like? I mean, like, okay. So since we're talking about resilience, I have to mm -hmm. ask, so has, has there ever been a time from any category in your life that you just felt like, God, why does this have to happen to me? All the things are going on and I just feel like I have no control in this situation. And kind of what did you do to kind of cheer yourself up, push yourself forward so you could get to the other side of that thing, whatever that situation was? Sure. Uh, so this is a relatively personal thing. I don't think I've ever talked about it anywhere. So just because uh -oh. it's you. This is for you and your people. <laughs> um, in high school, my senior year of high school, my senior prom day, um, my grandmother and great-grandmother were in their car and driving, and my grandmother had a seizure and hit uh, her car hit a pole. Both my grandmother and great-grandmother died, and they both lived in Mansfield, Ohio um, at that time. And so um, I actually was like the first family member who was on scene um, after everything had kind of transpired and my family knew what was going on. Super traumatic. Uh, I was 18. My sister was 16. Um, and that was a really, really challenging and difficult time for my family, for me. Um, personally, I was getting ready to go to college. And so there was just so much shift and change in my life. I would say I probably didn't handle it the best way for many years um, because I'm somebody who wants to take charge and, you know, support my family in whatever way I can, like most of us want to do, and not necessarily deal with those emotions. So I compartmentalized for a long time. Uh, and then I started going to therapy when I was in college, a couple years after starting college. And that has been life altering for me in many ways, because I was able to process some of those emotions and some of the things that I hadn't realized, like my feeling like everyone around me might die at any second, right? That's not necessarily right. normal <laughs> for humans. Um, but because of loss at a pivotal age, right? Like that was right. the way my brain kind of adjusted from that. And so I would say that therapy is key. Definitely taking the time to tell the loved ones that you have in your life how much they mean to you and spending quality time. It really has shifted what that means for me and, and how that has shown up is really me moving home, um, being intentional about my time with my friends and my family, really carving out time. Some people would say carving out too much time for all these humans and not taking enough for myself. But uh, part of my self-care is pouring into other people and being around the people I love because our time here is finite, you know, and I think mm -hmm. uh, that was just emphasized in, the, in that moment. But over the years, that has really been the crux of everything that I do. Uh, spend time here on this planet as the best way you can with the humans that you love and ensuring they know that they are loved and they know that they are valued and cherished. So um, yeah, that would probably be the biggest, most traumatic experience I've probably had and, and the resilience that, that had to be used to move through all of those things. Yeah. Oh, Kat, I didn't know that. I'm so, so sorry, okay. love. But you are very strong. And you got through it. But you mm -hmm. had to 
first be vulnerable. And I'm glad that you talked about that. Like you had to find a time where you're like, okay, I think I'm ready to be vulnerable and talk about these things and process these things Mm -hmm. and try to get through it. Because what you don't want is for it to start affecting other parts of your life. And it's just a domino effect. I can definitely, definitely agree with you um, on that. I, I don't know if I, if you, cause I know like not too long ago, I was posting on my story, my book and you were like, you wrote a book. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not something yeah. I tell people. It's just out there. <laughs> I don't promote it enough. It's just out there. <laughs> I created this book and got it published, but let's not tell the, all the whole world. I yeah, will be from a mountaintop screaming for you. Just let me know when I got you. Let me know. Yeah, I'm with that imposter syndrome. Like, I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, God told me to write this when I was in PA school and I hesitated mm-hmm. and I told him no for a whole year. And then the second year of him nagging me about it, I was just like, okay, I guess I'll start. And I had to stop and start, stop and start a couple mm-hmm. of times throughout the book because I would hit a certain topic. Like, you know, me and my mom don't have the best relationship. And mm-hmm. some of the things that she does to this day, is just like, Arr. well, not to this day. I would definitely say within the last two years, it got better. But I would definitely mm-hmm. say me moving back home for PA school, it was definitely a trigger because I was back in that environment mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And my mom was mentally, verbally and physically abusive. So it was just like, I was right back in all that. But she wasn't then. But it's just sometimes when she'll raise her voice or different things like that, I flinch or be sensitive. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. So I would try to spend as much time away from the house as I possibly could. When I would get out of class in PA school, I would go on campus. And even though I didn't stay in a dorm, I would go to my friend's dorm or sit in the library to one o'clock in the morning and then come home when I knew that everybody was asleep. And in that book, it was, um, I don't know. I was, I was being vulnerable in that book. And I, maybe mm-hmm. I, after it was out, I was like, no, I think I was being too vulnerable. And then I actually took it down off Amazon for like a month. And I was like, I'm not going to do this. And the God started dealing with me. And he was like, there's other people that's going through similar situations and you need to put your book back out. And I was like, okay, this is mm-hmm. not about me. This is about helping other people. And I put it back mm-hmm. up there And yeah, I shared that. I shared, um, you know, me being sexually molested by a family member and nobody knew. And when it came out, my mom didn't even know half that stuff, let alone how I viewed her and what I thought about my childhood. And that I would say it begun the healing process, but it hasn't gone much further than that, than her acknowledging that and acknowledging the molestation and stuff that I went through. And yeah, it was just a lot that came from that. So I totally yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah, you talk about Yeah, that and that is like thank you for sharing all of that, right? Both with your readers and with me. I think yeah. It's it's so nice to have someone like you who is able to share that, but I completely yes. understand that feeling of like too much, too much, too much. I don't want everyone to yeah. peek into my life, right? And then wanting to just pull it all back in. Pull the curtain. Uh, that, 
Yes, right. Pull the curtain, pretend I'm like a perfect figure somewhere else and has no, you know, that would be easier probably, but it's not what people need. And I think that that, especially working in healthcare and seeing how much people really want to connect and really need to understand and humanize the people that are caring for them uh, and just humans in general, we need to understand that everyone has this lived process that they're going through. And of course, they're going to have trauma and crap. But if you don't allow them to be human in those spaces, like you're never going to connect with them. And I think that that's probably why we get along well is because we understand that and we really want to be humans and be loved by other humans for all of us, right? Not just right. the parts of us that we shine up <laughs> to like yeah. make, you know, resume builders. Like that there's so much more to us than that. And so I very, very strongly identify with that. And I am just grateful that you shared. And I will be getting yes. your book, just so you know. Uh, so keep it on <laughs> oh, Amazon. <okay. laughs> you know? Okay. <laughs> like, take it down. Not today. No, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> All caps texting you. That that will be me. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Where is it? No. <laughs> I will go find it. I yes. will find it. I'll find a resold copy somewhere if you don't sell it to me directly. And they'll get my money. Oh. So don't do that. No, I, I also identify with the idea of like the kind of the, the, the voice in the back of your head telling you and leading you to do something right. And for you, it is God. And for me, I just acknowledge a higher power, right. Which probably is God in many different forms and, and, and visions, but it's, that's literally how the NSBPA was for me, the National Society of Black PAs, because uh-huh. for two years during my during PA school and then for a year after, I just every time I was quiet, right? Every time I was sitting still or working out or right. in a shower, it was always in the shower. I'd be like showering because it's the uh-huh. only time you can't do something else, right? That's when your brain starts working in overdrive, at least for me. And this just this thought, like, where's where's the society? Where are the people? Where are these black PAs that we know exist, but in small numbers? How do we do this better? How do we create something? And it was so constant. Like, I had to eventually listen. But it took look. I was I was like, I'm not black enough. I don't have enough lived experience. I understand that colorism exists, and like, I am I the best representative of this? How can I be the one to do this? Like, there was so much, you know, all of that self doubt happening. And I remember being like, okay. I just have to do it. And it was terrifying mm-hmm. and scary, probably much like writing that book was for you. But yes. at the end of the day, you know, I'll be vulnerable with how it felt for me and how that process worked for me. And I think we're helping folks. I think we're bringing people together to connect them. It looks like it based on the data we have. And that's really all I care about. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a reason for the little voice and for the persistence of the voice. So here we are. We've made yes, it. That reminds me of Sarah, Sarah Jakes Roberts, aka the Ooh. demon bully. She say, do it scared anyway. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes Sarah. But you yes, we, we literally it's have scared. to sometimes. Yeah. Or we'll never, yeah. we don't, we never know all the people who are attached to our voice and our decisions and our lives. It could be, you know, their salvation. Well, maybe they'll never mm-hmm. know God or never knew Black PAs exist or mm-hmm. never knew that you can be a millennial and follow the Lord or, you know, what does it yeah. look like? What right. does it look like? We don't share. Yeah. We, if we don't share, they don't ever feel like they have that community and that community exists. It's just about ensuring that we're using technology that we have for that purpose to bring people together because it can be isolating. It can be lots of like fear of missing out and feeling like not good mm-hmm. enough as compared to what you see on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it might be. Right. So it's really about being intentional, right? We need to be intentional about using these products for good. And I think that that's what you right. do with your podcasts and with all of the things that you do, the mentorship program, all of that, right? But yeah. it's about creating those communities as much as we can because 
Yes. That's part of the human experience. That's what we want. We crave connection and we crave finding people who are really in our corner. And I think if we can facilitate that, then we're at least doing part of the work, right? And that's really what's yes. important for sure. Definitely. And you brought up the C word, which is comparison. Mm -hmm. And Lord, that and imposter syndrome go hand in hand. And comparison mm -hmm. is the thief of your joy. And I will definitely tell you in the PA community, I think that one of the most difficult things that my mentees kind of struggle with, and I don't know if you've seen this too, but this mm -hmm. Instagram uh, influencer PA um, for a PA, when you're in PA school and you take pictures in your little short white coat and you post all the time about what you're learning and different things like that. And people are just like, I want to become a PA because everybody on my timeline is a PA and they're in their white coat and I want my white coat. And I just have to sit some of my mentees down and I'm just like, listen, let's not Let's, let's take Instagram away for a second. Would you still mm -hmm. want to be a PA? It's not for the lighthearted. I'm going to let you know oh. you're going to work for it. It's going to be plenty yeah. of tears and plenty of nights of you staying up. And sometimes you might go into a test and know you're going to fail because you just don't half understand. I've been there, but it's like if you're only doing it because of Instagram and what you see, then you're not going to make it. That's not enough. Like, what is your why? How are you going to write your personal statement with just that? Right. Right. I saw on Instagram somebody that looked like a PA said they were a PA. That's why I want to be. I'm with you. I, yeah. That is definitely one of the downfalls of everyone being able to see things, right? It's it's a benefit because folks know what a PA is, maybe know somebody that they can communicate with who is in PA school right. or has done the process. So I agree. Like there's some there's some give and take with that because I think most of the pre-PAs that I've had thus far have not shared that with me. That doesn't mean that that's not why they're doing it, but it does show right. up in things like personal statements, right? Or in how they are interacting with their healthcare providers in order to get those letters of rec, uh, yes. or just they don't have the passion, right? And you have to really want to do something in healthcare and healthcare is hard. Oh my yes. gosh. It's not like it's been the last two years. It's been, I was a paramedic first. I it's hard. It's been hard. The yes. opioid epidemic, which continues, is also hard. Dealing with overdoses, dealing with mental health mm -hmm. crises. These things continue outside of a pandemic, right? We might have exacerbated a lot of those things and seen some of the large fissures in our health system, but mm -hmm. those things exist even without the global pandemic. And so if you're right. only focused on the short white coat or the, the, the letters after your name, mm -hmm. uh, I think this probably isn't the profession for you. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean like, it, you have to have something outside of the short white coat and the letters at the end of your name at the end of the day when you come home, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you're coming home with all of the the energy and the feelings and emotions from the folks you interact with, some of them who you save, some of them who you don't, some of those who right. are super ungrateful and some who are very grateful. And if you mm -hmm. are not able to acknowledge the fact that you are existing within your passion, existing within something that you really feel like you can make a difference in, then you, right. you burn out so quickly. And, and I don't want that for them either, right? I don't want that for anyone. I want you to find what you're passionate about, find what you're good at and continue that track so you can make the world a better place. But if it's only it's only for those letters, it's only for that white coat, woof, it's gonna be a hard road. It really is, yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. And I mean, even though like I wanted to, I knew what I wanted to do, I went, I got it. And it's like, even some days I, 
I have hard days, Kat. Like I have hard days where like just yesterday I had a parent tell me that I was being unprofessional because um, I the the child is 17. So almost not a child, but her child. And um, I said something about a diagnosis or the potential of a diagnosis, which the child has been very devastated over the possibility, um, haven't even went to go get tested for the diagnosis. And she has just fell down in the dumps and been sad. And so they needed a scapegoat. And so they pointed the finger back at me, even though um you know, there was an understanding between the parents without the child and they didn't talk to the child. So I saw the child and told the child and the child went down. And now they're like, it's your fault. And I'm like, I'll be the bad guy. But it's just like some days like that, you're just like, God, I did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. Maybe I'll just stop telling people, you know, maybe I'll just stop being so honest. And then I'm like, no, a lot of my people that come to see me love that about me that I will tell them and not just prescribe medicine and don't tell them what it's for. Um, So I was just like, I'm sorry, maybe just one every now and then will fall off. And that's okay. (laughs) But sometimes... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say I support you in that because you're never going to be the exact right person for some people, right, as a Mm -hmm. a provider. And some people just aren't a good fit, and that's okay. But you have found your footing with the people who really need to be in your care, and those are the ones that will continue to show back up. And those are the people that you were placed on this earth to serve, right? That's at the end of the day, that's how you have to look at it because, you know, and people might just be having really hard conversations. Those parents, right, might really not know how to say those things to their kid. And like, yeah, they're going to blame it on you, but they're probably going to be very grateful that the conversation has been started looking back at some point, you know? And so maybe Mm -hmm. that, that was your role in their life is to really start the conversation and begin to help the child heal because you can't heal unless you have that diagnosis until you, because so many people are searching for answers. You don't Mm -hmm. give a diagnosis. How are you going to start having the conversations that you need to have to get the help that you need or the resources you need? You know, that's just, that's just not actually helpful. So we're going to say that you were in the right place at the right time to give that information. Yeah. Yes. And that they, you know, accepted it however they needed to accept it. But that looking back in retrospect, they will probably very much appreciate that this has started. It might be a hard road ahead, but it was going to be hard either way, whether you said that there or not. Yes. <laughs> yes. Whether it was me or somebody else, it was going to be hard. At least I got it started. So, hey. And it's hard yeah. trying to find a child psychiatrist. So good luck. But... <laughs> I will definitely say, Kat, you mentioned the the NSB, and I know that you're on Mm -hmm. social media. Um, Don't know if you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. giving that out. But if someone Mm -hmm. wanted to reach out to you and give you feedback about this episode, Mm -hmm. or if they just wanted to like ask you questions because you're a PA or anything, if they just want to connect with you, where, where can they find you? So my personal Instagram is at underscore that girl cat, K-A-T. They're welcome to add me. It's private. So just add me or send me a message like, hey, this is how I might know you or want to touch base with you. Uh, I don't add everybody random in the world because that's why it's not public. Um, But I'm happy to chat with anyone. Um, At uh, the T-H-E-N-S-B-P-A is our, uh, the National Society of Black PAs. That's our uh, main handle. Feel free. That one's, I think, 
I don't think it's private. It might be, but either way, feel free, uh -huh. jump on. We're starting our new mentorship cohort in January. Uh, we'll have some more virtual shadowing coming up, uh, student diversity initiatives group. So that means quarterly. So if you're in PA school, you're one of two, one of one of the only, whatever it is, uh, people of color, and you really want to sit and have conversation with like-minded individuals doing it across the country in programs, let us know. We'll get you looped in there. I'm happy to help. Awesome. I'm happy to answer any questions. Yeah. Whatever I can do. Yes. Well, and I guess we have to touch base about that because I'm like, I want to sit in. Mm -hmm. I want to talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I'm always yeah. talking. That's how I get in trouble. I'm always talking. Uh -uh. <laughs> Look, reframe that. That's how you got where you were supposed to be. Yes. So. Yes. Right. You're right, Kat. You're right. And <laughs> I would definitely say... Um, I always try to ask this question before the last question, but it's cool. What mm -hmm. advice would you have for anybody listening that might be going through a rough time in their life? Maybe they find themselves at a similar place where you found yourself with significant mm -hmm. grief and loss, or maybe mm -hmm. they want to seek help, or maybe they want to reach out to people. Maybe families are at a feud and they just mm -hmm. don't know where to start. I mean, what mm -hmm. kind of advice would you give someone that's listening for that? I would say just to reach out, right? Talk to someone. It doesn't have to be your family if that's really your trigger, right? Mm -hmm. Reach out and find someone who you can talk to. If it's, you know, an insurance issue and you're not necessarily sure who you can touch base with, call your insurance company. If you don't have insurance, find a federally qualified health center that has access to that or a community engagement center that has access to those resources. Um, if it's something more serious than that, of course, calling 911, you know, things like that and getting yourself checked into a mental health institution. Those are always huge. If you have friends, you know, on the other side of that and it's not super, super um, invasive in your brain right now or it's not bad at the moment, feel free to talk to your friends, right? Open up to them. See who sticks around to really have those conversations. Those are the people you want to keep in your life. Uh, but I think reaching out to someone, talking to them. And just as a caveat to that, if you don't find the right therapist initially or the right counselor, being unafraid to stop that care and find someone who you do connect with, yes. um, because it's like trying on jeans, which is my least favorite activity, because uh, you can try in 15 pairs, they're all the same size and not one of them fits the same way. So just think of it that way, right? You're allowed to be active in your care. You're allowed to find someone who listens to you well. And so my suggestion and advice is always going to be seeking help, whether it be professional or your kind of support system and your friends. Um, right. Yeah, that that's a big deal for me. And hopefully that's helpful. Yes. Thanks, Kat. I mm. love that. What you, how you um, talked about trying on 15 pairs of jeans and none of them fit the same. I always tell mm. my clients and people in my life, I always say, you are the patient. You are paying for the services. So you have the right to stop, start care and move on care. Mm -hmm. So if they're not doing what you need them to do and you're not seeing progress, then it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money at that point. And I'm happy you put it that way. I like that analogy. <laughs> it's all yours. Use it as many like times that. as you need. I'm going to use it. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Well, I will definitely say, Kat, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I just admire you. Every time mm -hmm. we talk and every time you do a presentation, you always carry yourself so well. And it's, it's funny you say you have social anxiety because you're always so poised and well-spoken and you just look like 
this is Kat, this is the Catherine Reed, and this is how I'm showing up and nobody would ever know. So thank you for everything you're doing for the profession. And thank you for saying yes, whether, you know, that be to God or whether it be to the higher voice or the voice in the back of your mind, just thank you for saying Mm -hmm. yes, because because of you, we have the NSBPA and other people who are out there will be able to find you guys. And it's actually a .org guys. It's a .org. So you can actually go on the website and check it out. It's official and see all the resources that they put up there. It's very, very, very awesome and very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inclusive. Like it includes every state, every type of resource that you can think of, either with loans and different things. So go check out if you're interested in being a PA or you're in PA school and maybe you want to learn about your own resources in your own state. They have it all mapped out there beautifully. So, um, and hit up Kat after this and let her know that she's awesome. You can, you don't have to. I appreciate you, Reese. This has been lovely. And I appreciate your kind words. I tend to tell people that when I have conversations or have a presentation, I black out (laughs) because I I mean, I rely on how I feel and I have to be vulnerable, but that doesn't mean I remember what I'm supposed to say. So I appreciate you saying that you've heard me speak, you've seen me speak, we've spoken together. So I appreciate that. And I will let your reflection of me kind of sink in. I have to learn how to say thank you to compliments. I'm learning. I'm going to get better, but Yeah, I appreciate you and for this experience. This has been wonderful. Uh, Everyone, yes, thank you. Thank you, Reese, for creating this space and for inviting me. This has been lovely. You're welcome. You're welcome, Kat. Thank you. And guys, thank you for listening. And we will catch you on the next episode all in case you're driving or in case you're working right now and you're listening to this. All of her contact information will be in the show notes so you can um, find Kat or find the NSBA and connect. And I hope you guys have a great week and we will see you later. Bye guys. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of God Coffee and Resilience. You can also follow us on Instagram at God Coffee and Resilience Podcast. You can also follow the host, Reese, at The Resilient PA. And you can also check out our website at TheResilientPA.com.